Welcome, listeners, to www.ironradio.org, the website and podcast for all things strength sports and sports nutrition. With your hosts, Lonnie Lowry. Remember, Phil is like a gnarled old oak tree held together with scar tissue and bone spurs. Rob Fortney. And I'm telling you, the pain that I would suffer was beyond excruciating. And Phil Stevens. Do it, Rob. You'll kill all those nerves. Thanks for listening. Welcome, IronRadio.org listeners. This is Lonnie Lowry. Uh, I am an exercise physiology and nutrition professor, and I'm a former competitive bodybuilder. Jeez. Rob Fortress Fortney here, man. Uh, former editor at Muscle Mag International, which means nothing now because it's kaput. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> former competitive bodybuilder and powerlifter. And just on that note, I want to say that I saw a very sad ad that they were selling... Um, had an auction for all the creditors of selling all the the stuff that was at the offices. Oh, no. And, and none of it really bothered me because it was all computers and desks and all that kind of stuff. The thing that really got to me was that there was a picture and an uh, ad for all his library of old muscle magazines. Really? And you guys... Actually, Lonnie, I think... Did you maybe see it when you were there, or maybe you didn't? Yes, no, I did. Yes, I it, saw. He gave me some out of that. He's like, "We'll go to, go take some of those." You know, it's no, 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 no. Yeah, I think no. You're looking. You're talking about all the magazines, like. Oh no, I'm not, talking about the shelves, right? Warehouse archive stuff, but not the good yeah, stuff. I'm sure. Yeah, um, that that kind of really made me sad. So, because I know that that was kind of a prized possession of his. So, Rob, maybe whoever you got contact, that, who does the um, the bodybuilding history museum or whatever. Maybe you should have them. Oh, that's down at uh, in Texas. The uh, gosh, just give them a tip. It's in the local Toronto paper. Gosh, buy that stuff up before some private collector. Jane, Jane and Terry Todd. Yes. 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 Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Actually, that's sad though. I'll do my intro. This is Phil Stevens, <laughs> Power Having Games Athlete, Strength Guild. Uh, I'm a Strength Coach, LiftForHope dot org, and future Amber Comedy and Finch model. Nobody cares. I know. <laughs> it's funny you bring that up, Phil, because on my cell phone I snapped a screenshot of a picture I was going to send to you guys and say, you know, this is what's wrong with manliness today. And if there's this guy, he's just, wow, I don't know what to say. He doesn't look like the two gentlemen on my screen right now. Yeah. Um, wow. You know, little polka dot shirt, bow tie, the really, really form-fitting, like, sport coat, very, very pretty Oh, boy. We were having a conversation about that today in the gym. Um, how, like, you know, for some reason, like, uh, people like Poundstone and stuff like that came up, and we started start talking about, like, he has 13-inch wrist, and whereas most guys today are scared to have 13-inch biceps. Yeah. <laughs> they don't even want them. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. So. Okay. Well, uh, people, we have a bevy of news and current events. Strength and Muscle Sport News. What we're going to do is go through this list. It's a widely varied uh, list of things about eating, hormones. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff on here. Lifting. Uh, we'll try to keep it, obviously, food and training related. And that's going to be our, our topic, really, today. We're just going to sort of shoot the shit with current events and, um, and news. Having said that, I'll just start the list. Uh, I'll go through each one of these things, and then... Um, you guys can give me your thoughts. This first one, I don't know, listeners, if you have heard in the news about this whole living to 120. I think this might have started with a National Geographic magazine article. Mm. On its cover, there was a baby that's, with the headline that said, this baby will live to be 120. So I, I have in my hands here from Pew Research, Religion and Public Life Project, um, because there's religious implications, apparently, of living a long time. But anyway, this one is for you lifters who are either middle-aged or just interested in nutritional hormonal therapies for longevity, that kind of stuff. A lot of national survey stuff going on here. It says, asked whether they personally would choose to undergo medical treatments to slow aging and to live to be 120 or more. A majority of the United States adults said no. 56% said no. I wonder if that would be different in our our population. It says... um, Bioethicists and philosophers have begun to think about the morality of radical life extension. Uh, two accompanying reports released by the Pew Research Center's Religion and Public Life Project 
covered all 50 states. There was a margin of error plus or minus 2.9%. It says most say they're satisfied with the way that things are going in their lives, and uh, they expect that 10 years from now, their lives will be even better. 56% of people say they expect their lives better 10 years hence. Um, I would think that's certainly true of lifters. Rob has mentioned before about you know, progress is built into us. If we were told that we could barely maintain, that wouldn't be very motivating. Asked how long they would like to live, more than two-thirds, or 69%, cite an average age between 79 and 100, or an average of 90 years. That's, of course, about 11 years longer than we currently live. Um, so people want more, I guess, just not too much more. They start to think it's cheating life or the universe or God or something. Um, the public tends to view medical advances that prolong life as generally good, however, 63%. So uh, let me skip to the end. There's a lot of data in this about predicting you know, life extension and that sort of thing. What's the science behind radical life extension and what's the religious debate? Here it says, there are potential ways to slow down or turn back the natural clock of human aging. These include growth hormone treatments, natural or drug-induced starvation diets. That's going to go over big with our population. And genetic therapies, apparently. So just to give people some data about this new, um, this is from pewforum.org, P-E-W-forum.org, all over the news, I guess, because there's a lot of discussion about that. Now, to bring this back to us, I actually did a little digging on calorie restriction and what are called calorie restriction mimetic diets. I've written on this before, I think, on T Nation. Yes, in fact, the article is called High Stakes. It was sort of a pun. Uh, anyway, Interdisciplinary Topics in Gerontology 2010 was the most recent paper I could find. It says exercise as a calorie restriction mimetic, or something, of course, that will imitate undereating, and then implications for improving health, healthy aging, and longevity from Huffman. Mm. Calorie restriction is the only paradigm that has consistently increased lifespan in a wide variety of organisms. Now, what they don't say in here is you may have seen stuff on Discovery Channel and whatnot. 30% under eating is the magnitude that we're talking about here, I think. It says many hypotheses have been proposed as the underlying mechanism, including reduction in body size and adiposity. Uh, They ask the question, can exercise replace or enhance the benefits of reducing energy intake? Of course, the idea here being instead of eat less, maybe just do more, you know, burn calories instead of restricting them at the mouth. In rodents, the data clearly show that exercise, regardless of body weight changes, can improve health and survival, but unlike calorie restriction, fails to extend lifespan. I wish I had better news for you. Epidemiologic, so population-based evidence in humans, supports exercise is a strategy to reduce the risk of disease and death, but not to extend lifespan. It goes on to say, in conclusion, calorie restriction um, and exercise can limit weight gain and adiposity, but only calorie restriction can extend lifespan. Alas. Unfortunately, that's not an option for guys like us. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Brings up, I can't remember the baseball player who, who everybody quotes about that. You know, you can go through life, you know, just kind of sail through life, or you can, I want to go through life running the home plate, you know, screaming and dying, this and that, you know. It's, I don't know, I mean, you can go through life as a Prius, or you can be a muscle car. You know, yeah. one, uh, one's going to, you're going to be able to put 300, 400,000 miles on one. One may only get 50, 60,000 miles out of it. But hey, it's your choice. Two different, quality of life issue, I suppose. Right. Burn out instead of fade away. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'll try the twink route. You're going to become a twink, Rob? I, I just don't see that happening. I'm going to, I'm going to go full, full on twink. <laughs> You're going to drop from three bills to like 150 pounds. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, but, but, but in all seriousness, um, if you guys had a choice, kind of what age, age range would you guys like to live to? Gosh, I've thought about this a lot, too. Ah. If I involuntarily poop myself without a squat bar on my back, it's time to go. Yeah, there's a quality of life thing there. I'm, I'm right on par with this um, survey. I think right around 90, probably, unless with the uh, joint replacements and everything else, I can keep lifting and doing what I'm doing. 
I think 90 to 100, though. I'm probably on par with that. I don't know. What do you guys think? Mm, I would say somewhere between 70 and 80. Yeah, I'd be totally happy if I make it to 70. And I'm still, like, getting around, can take care of myself. You know. Well, that's probably good, you guys, because I'll tell you, what prompted me to write that high-stakes article a couple of years ago was because we do the opposite, right? As a population, uh, lifters, bodybuilders, powerlifters, etc., strongmen, we're all guilty. We do the opposite of calorie restriction. We overeat by 15 20 30%, and so I started thinking, are we killing ourselves, right? I mean, yeah. if calorie restriction prolongs life, will overeating, no matter how clean it may be, would it kill you sooner? It, you know, it's something to think about. It's, it's just an interesting hypothesis, I guess. So maybe I better not look for 90. Maybe you guys are right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you, that large grease wheel I freaking uh, backed down last night has something to say about longevity. <laughs> it's not going to help. <laughs> not going to help, brother. Okay. Well, that's the longevity stuff. Again, it was in the news, uh, and I heard, heard people talking about it, so... Here's a different one, very different topic. Uh, we have several. This one is related to a listener actually gave me a tip, oh gosh, many months ago. And he was listening, he'll probably grin. But this is about daily rhythms, diurnal rhythms. And if you're having problems sleeping or recovering, this is interesting stuff. Red nightlight is better than blue. It, uh, it goes on to say, let's say, Tuesday, uh, August 6th, Health Day News. There was a study done in hamsters. They exposed them to blue or white light at night, and they had much more depressive-like symptoms than the animals that were exposed to red light at night. The only hamsters that did better than those exposed to red light were ones who had total darkness at night, according to the August 7th issue of the Journal of Neuroscience. It says this has implications for night shift workers. They might want to consider putting like red lights you know, in the factories and that kind of stuff. Um, and this comes to the reader's suggestion. I was digging around uh, based on his suggestions, and I found that program he, he talked about, which is called F-Lux, F.Lux, L-U-X. And what it does is it turns your computer screen to a more of a reddish hue. Um, and I thought, well, maybe if I have my laptop, you know, I'm usually laying on my side or even have my laptop on my chest and I'm browsing the web into, you know, 10, 11 o'clock, that kind of thing. I'm like, maybe this is good. It'll automatically make your computer screen more reddish. And according to this new research here um, from people at Ohio State and um, some other people went on to be postdoctoral researchers at the Salk Institute, it says if you need a nightlight in the bathroom or bedroom, or like I'm suggesting even your laptop, um, it may be better to have one that is reddish. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Interesting mm -hmm. stuff. I'm... I'm trying to take sleep seriously these days. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I know Phil talks about PRs, like 12-hour PRs. Do you put a mud mask on before you go to bed? <laughs> Talking to Phil? Yeah. Is that going to get cake in his beard? <laughs> sleep, I, you know, sleep is something that I think about a lot, too. I had a lot of sleeping issues. And they're, they're getting better. but uh, I, I think a lot of people don't take enough... Uh, they don't emphasize it enough, uh, a lot of people that are training hard. Well, I think so, because if you have stuff like um, sleep apnea and that kind of thing, um, a lot of high testosterone, bigger guys just have problems with that kind of stuff. Yeah. And if you do, you know, when you're not breathing, when you're pausing your breath at night, you know, adrenaline yeah. levels climb. Even though you're not up and about, it, yeah. it wrecks your total recovery. You know. Oh, yeah. My wife wakes fun of me all the time. I'll stop breathing in the middle of the night. I don't know it. Yeah, she's like counted, and she said it's been up to more than a minute long. Oh my! And then I'll, work, and then I'll just start gasping, and I don't wake up. But <clears throat> you sure, sure, her, her hands aren't around your throat. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! So ch so check this out, okay? So in Toronto, my hometown from back east, um, last week I believe it was there was kind of a real tragedy that occurred when on one of the streetcars there was a young man that was um, brandished a knife and I think he pulled out his willy as well and he was uh, kind of going off so so the streetcar stopped and everybody got off the thing except for him so it was only him on the streetcar with a knife and, and I think he was exposing himself and stuff too but anyway so this is the scenario so the cops show up and there's actually a video of this 
the cops show up, and there's cops everywhere. Anyway, they're telling the guy to drop the knife, who is still on the streetcar. I think it was like eight or nine shots, and then after they shot him eight or nine times, they tasered him. Oh, my Lord. So anyway, this guy's dead, obviously, this kid, and this is causing huge amounts of ruckus in Toronto. There's all sorts of, uh, as you can imagine, all sorts of uproar and so forth about this, uh, you know, what, why the police officer felt the need to uh, gun down this young guy. I think he was only 18 or 19 years old or something like Seems that. Seems excessive, yeah. Yeah, anyway, there's so many w- ways this could have been handled. Um, anyway, um, so there were stories online about the, that profiled the police officer um, saying he was a meathead because he was 220 pounds and he liked lifting weights. And uh, Here we go. Exactly. The comment section was filled with, with comments like, and, and these are apparently quotes from this comment section, Stor- uh, quote, quote, steroids made him shoot that guy. That's one. It's scary that someone who likes lifting weights and is strong is able to walk around with a gun on his hip. Oh, boy. Yeah. The stigma, the stigma, I mean, we talked about this, gosh, years ago, didn't we? About, like, the, Mm -hmm. what was it, like, Bugs Bunny, the old Shropshire slasher, and muscular people being related to criminals. You'd think this would fall away at some point. Like, that, that second one is the one that really gets me. It's scary that someone who likes lifting weights and is strong is able to walk around with a gun on his hip. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like there's a causal connection. I'm built, so I'm going to use this. <laughs> it, it, I don't know. It, it's, it's so far beyond even being able to process the, the intellect <laughs> of somebody who would actually write that. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, I don't know yeah. what to say to that. I mean, it, it's it's it goes beyond just ignorant to just plain old. How does this guy make toast in the morning? I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you. What I think it's linked to is the average person doesn't put in the kind of vigorous, virile kind of work and lifestyle that leads to extra muscularity. And it's easy to point fingers that that's somehow bad. It's something they don't have, you know, so it's bad. I mean, of course, there's that vague connection to testosterone and aggression, I suppose. But you know what I mean? I think it's easy for people to point fingers at that kind of stuff and make fun of it. Or even in this case, like a witch hunt. Oh, yeah. Because it, the most majority of people aren't like that. Like we were talking about just a minute ago, you know, most people, they have 10-inch arms and they're actually okay with that. I mean, that, that is, is asinine as saying something like, she likes watching cartoons. I can't believe they gave her a driver's license. It's just <laughs> random. You know, it's, it, exactly, just <laughs> random idiocy on, on a turbo level. I, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, so. Oh, ugly stuff. Yeah, you'd yeah. think. No, who sent that? That was a first name? Listener Ken. He, he actually came to my seminar up there in Canada. Um, so, yeah, it was Ken who sent that over to us in the listener mail. Oh boy, thank you. But yeah, no, that's it, it's. There's a ton of idiotic comments like that that just go around, and then of course, uh, of course, the whole performing and enhancing drug things comes into it, and it's for God's sake. I mean, <laughs> as many athletes that are on that, you know how many? If it was as true as they say it is, there'd be people dropping dead everywhere. Oh, people in gunfights in the uh, street. Oh, it'd be yeah, <laughs> outside of every gym. It'd be OK Corral all over the United States and every other country. Oh, yeah. There's Ugh. there's a lot of big boys at my gym. You know, there'd be bloodshed in, in the parking lot every night, you know. <laughs> uh, oh, fantastic. God, uh... Yeah, I am not. At, Rob knows this, too, and I think Rob shares my opinion. I've never really talked to you much about it, Phil, but I don't have a real high opinion on the honor level of a lot of people you know when the the general public when taken as a whole they just start feeding off these sort of witch hunt things and uh, it's like in men in black a person can be smart he says but people are panicky i don't know violent animals you know when they're put in a large enough group and that's kind of what this these internet forums do they just let people just roll with this kind of they don't stop to think like you're saying rob how random and I, i don't know uh, and the media purposely plays off that. Oh, controversy, absolutely. 
Oh, yeah. And like I said, it's easy. It's just like with politicians. I think we were talking about this when Rick Collins, the uh, lawyer, was on the show. Uh, it's easy to point fingers because people who are muscular or strong are just such a minority, you know, yeah. that we're easy to pick on. We're, we're not enough votes to affect them. Yeah, and of course, nothing could be said about the fact that, you know, so many police officers have guns on their holsters and have drug and alcohol problems. <laughs> right. That that has that has nothing to do with it, or just Good like point, Rob. which which impairs your judgment more: large biceps or you know a fifth of Jack Daniels? <laughs> <laughs> okay. A hundred and thirty-five pound meth head with no teeth that's been up for seven days. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> All right, then. I'll tell you what, you guys. Let's go to break real quick. I'm going to get a glass of water, and then we'll come back and we'll look at some more news here. Hi, this is Dr. Lonnie Lowry, and on behalf of Phil and Rob, I'd just like to let listeners know that if you love us or you hate us, we'd like you to leave a comment or perhaps vote for us on iTunes. It helps us out quite a bit on the popularity side of things. Uh, you can also follow uh, Dr. Lowry, me, on Twitter. Uh, it's Lawnman7 on Twitter if you want to do that. We also have a Facebook page, the Iron Radio uh, listeners page. So, uh, whether it's leaving a comment or voting for us or following us on Twitter or Facebook, uh, that would be fantastic. Also, uh, occasionally Rob or myself will write an article for another website, and Phil will as well. So lots of ways to um, interact, uh, follow us in other media, and vote for us and uh, keep things going strong on Iron Radio. Thanks. Hi, this is Dr. Lowry with an update on the protein book that you hear about in the ad at the end of the show. Uh, if you simply Google CRC Press and protein, uh, there's a new development. On the right side of the page, you can see ebook, and there's a purchase slash rent option. And the cool thing here is if you check that out now, because they have an agreement with Vital Book, uh, you can actually download the ebook for $69. US So that's 31% off the $99.95 uh, cover price. So that's pretty fantastic. $69, I think that's going to drop it into the affordable range for a lot of people. And you can even rent it. Uh, lower down the page, they have 180-day rentals and one-year rentals. So you can access the book in electronic format and get some of this juicy information. So thanks. Fix of Iron Radio. In addition to being a popular institute on iTunes, we are also on email. Simply go to www.ironradio.org and sign up for the voluntary email. You'll get a once per week email, no more, that's little more than the show notes and a link to the audio. So go for it. Okay, everybody, we're back. This is Phil and Robin Lonnie, and we're doing news and current events related to everything from eating and health and social stigmas, you name it. Um, here's a one. This is actually not even in print yet. That's how on the ball we are here. You guys, American you guys. Journal of Clinical Nutrition, um, September 2013. I'm not kidding. Meat intake and cause-specific mortality, a pooled analysis of Asians. Uh, Asian studies. This is a collaborative effort between uh, Korean researchers, U.S., Japanese. Um, listen to this. Now, this is a bit of, I think, good news in a sense, and not just if you're Asian, um, but bear with me. It says, background, total meat or red meat intake has been shown to be associated with a higher risk of mortality in Western populations. So what they did was they used data from the United Nations. They compared country-specific meat consumption, at least eight different um, Asian countries here, uh, studies, results. 
red meat consumption was substantially lower in Asian countries than in the United States. That's not a surprise. Fish and seafood were higher. Here's the interesting part. Our pooled analysis found no association between the intake of total meat, which would be red meat, poultry, and fish, uh, and the risk of all-cause cardiovascular disease or cancer mortality among men and women. So I don't know if this is something special about Asians, but, you know, it is something that's really against the grain with all the red meat bashing. Um, Conclusions. Our data indicate an increase in red meat intake in Asian countries. However, pooled analysis did not provide evidence of higher risk of mortality for total meat intake. Uh, And there was an inverse association with red meat, poultry, and fish and seafood. Further, red meat intake was inversely associated, so opposite, right, with cardiovascular disease mortality in men uh, and uh, cancer mortality in women, again, among Asian countries. So red meat, getting the uh, thumbs up. I think they might have gone looking, you know, oh, well, the hypothesis is red meat is bad in general. We're always hearing about it. Um, we talked about that just several months ago on the show here when we were, uh, we're talking about L-carnitine is actually looked at now as a, in some settings, as an anti-nutrient that increases heart disease risk, which is funny because it's sold as a supplement. Um, but there you have it, meat intake, inversely related to heart disease. So eat, eat red meat, heart disease risk goes down if you are Asian. And now a lot of our listeners <laughs> might be thinking, well, we're, I'm not Asian. But I, I don't know. I think it might be the way they're consuming that, too. You know, they're not eating the greasy burgers made out of sort of a pink slime and poured into a mold like we do here in fast food restaurants. <laughs> <laughs> you make, you make it sound so good. Oh, you hear all kinds of crazy stuff. I've got some actual pictures of you know McDonald's labels that will it, – it's like a warning um, label that looks like it should be on a pack, a pack of cigarettes. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, yay red meat. Yeah. <laughs> Last thing um, on my list anyway, this is that men's health thing that I sent you guys. It says, can this supplement make your biceps nine times bigger? Now, mm-hmm. Rob, you were talking about the average person just – some of the comments that you've seen, you know, you wonder how do they even make toast in the morning. The average person needs to think about this. I don't want my, my biceps to be nine times bigger, right? Let's think about this. Multiply like a 17-inch arm times nine. <laughs> All of a sudden, your arms are like three or four times the size of your waist. You'd yeah. look like a fool. <laughs> now, this would probably throw off your... Uh... Uh, you know, aesthetics, if you're going for the whole, you know, upper arm should match your, you know, lower leg and neck kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, you'd yeah, be the, struggling. The, the whole Steve Reeves I, I, ideal proportional physique would probably be thrown off by biceps being nine times. Yeah, with 132-inch yeah, arms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> oh. So, what, you know, so what's doing this? Um, what happened was a friend of mine who's uh, some listeners will recognize his name, I'm sure. Lou Schuler. he's written for Men's Health for a long time. He was out doing some internet ad sort of uh, investigations, and he came across some really obnoxious ones about, you know, the studies supposedly showing the increases of biceps girth of ninefold. So what he did was he took the opportunity to basically educate people, I think, on the idea that he says um, – to get the attention of customers, often marketers stretch the truth. Well, of course they do. And he was talking about three levels of bullshit, which is kind of funny. About First of all, it's more mild. Like at the first level, it's just like a celebrity endorsement. You know, does Michael Jordan really know that much about the shoes? Maybe, maybe not. But people at that slide, you kind of know that that's true. You know, second level is stretching the truth to the point of lie. And then he says to get to the third level of bullshit, quote, you have to know you're lying have absolutely no justification for those lies, and do it brazenly for no purpose beyond deceiving customers and making money. And this ad is basically, believe it or not, about CLA, conjugated linoleic acid. I did my dissertation with this stuff. Um, He accurately points out by the mid-1990s, researchers began looking into CLA for its effects on body composition. Because, you know, there are different isomers, right? There's the C9T11 um, there's there's different ones. Some are more helpful, apparently, 
with lean tissue growth, some may help more with fat loss or at least re- reduction in fat gain. And unfortunately, yours truly was one of the researchers that they smacked my name on there. Um, <laughs> I know. Here it says, <laughs> study says, this is, by the way, from L. Lowry, MD, PhD. <laughs> Fantastic. So they're, they're giving me a medical degree. Uh, I appreciate that, fellas. Nine, yeah, it increases biceps girth ninefold. Again, we're talking about CLA. This is something you eat a couple of grams worth supplementally. You know, um, there's some very mild results with this sort of stuff. Um, Leah Wigham and colleagues uh, up in Wisconsin, they've done some meta-analyses of these. You know, what does this do in people? In animals, it does amazing things. I mean, it melts away their body fat. It does all kinds of stuff. Uh, I looked at whether or not it can help recovery and spare you know, lean tissue losses and reduce inflammation and all that kind of stuff. Um, but they did meta-analyses, and you're talking about literally like a pound or two probably over extended training periods, you know, or time periods here where people are supplementing it. It says, <laughs> Lou mentioned to me privately in an email, he said, just for comic relief, they say it's a new study, um, new research from Kent State. This is back from 1998. They dredged the ACSM, American College of Sports Medicine, archives, apparently, and they found a paper we did. And just to let people know, if you happen to see this ad popping up all over the Internet, we use tape measures and skinfold calipers. I mean, this was not like DEXA scans. You know, this was not high-tech stuff. I was a grad student. We looked at arm girth. We looked at um, bench press strength and leg press strength. Um, and it looked like there might have been uh, some mild effect, but again, we weren't doing the kind of whole body scans or even site-specific scans you know, that most people would publish. Um, Lou says, I emailed the company in the ad to ask why they use Lowry's name to make this claim. They didn't answer my question. Um, but the next time he went to the site, apparently they removed uh, my name. However, they're still using that little abstract to exaggerate this kind of stuff. And again, exaggerate, yes, it's not just the MD. I almost appreciate that. I, I don't want to be misrepresented, but um, but it's the, you know, that whole nine-fold thing. It's just it's so misleading. It says, according to examine.com, that's uh, Lou Schuler's go-to source for supplement information, there's no reason to think CLA is particularly effective for any goal. A lot of high-quality research has resulted in very few results. I don't know. I what do you guys think? Is somebody naive if they look at one of those ads and just go for it? I got to think lifters at least are, are used to that. Yeah, and I think it's most of those things are aimed at teenage boys that <laughs> don't know a difference. Is the sad thing. Oh, that's you know, point, yeah. and will fall for that. Um, I can't believe that a seasoned lifter at all would actually think, "Oh yeah, you know, nine times the growth." I mean, just the simple math throws that off. Well, it sure does. And I'll tell you the way that I've seen researchers massage data like crazy, and Rob has mentioned this before, too. So, for example, if one group in the pre-to-post measurement with, with the skin folds, if there's a tenth of an inch difference in, the, in one group and, you know, nine-tenths of an inch difference in the other group, there's nine-fold nine difference, you see? Yeah. But it's still less than an inch, yeah. you know? So whatever i mean or do that with pounds you know and that's why you see shirts that say stuff like five thousand percent better than creatine well i guess see, if this, you gain... see, this is pissing me off because i saw that ad two days ago long and i went to the store and bought a thousand dollars worth of shit <laughs> so, <laughs> and, and, CLA. and and now you're now you're saying <laughs> i bet you did i i saw i saw it being attributed to you and i thought well he's a good friend of mine he went he wouldn't steer me wrong there you go well I guess you have to wear pants on your arms then <laughs> to cover your 132-inch guns. Uh, I, 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 that's a good point, it, Phil. And I, I hate to keep throwing age into this because we do sometimes sound like the old get-off-my-lawn guys, but there's always a new crop. And I think that's what these guys do, these bottom-of-the-barrel companies, when they're making such exaggerations. That's exactly who they target because they don't have the experience – You know. I don't know how you guys did it, but when I was a teenager, I went and bought a couple of, you know, like I bought Joe Weider's anabolic mega packs. They were advertised as a steroid replacement. Act. <laughs> um, 
and after spending lots of money on these little foils of pills and stuff, nothing, of course. And uh, in fact, Pete Lemon, my advisor of many years, his lab was partly funded by a lawsuit against Weeder for making the bogus steroid replacement claims. So that's what you don't see, though, as a consumer. You know, you don't see the quiet settlement out of court <laughs> kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, there's always... I don't know. You've got to know. I mean, ads for anything are overblown. I mean, there's got to be some personal responsibility in this. Ads for anything make it seem outlandish. I mean, freaking kids' yeah, cereal. Yeah, but you know what? Then no. again, we're dealing with a populace that sometimes makes comments about how, you know, cops shouldn't have to be strong or lift weights. Yeah. But is that... I don't know. There's got to be some kind of personal responsibility here. If you're well, I think people are are so numb, and I've said this before in uh, ages past on the show, but we get our awe button pushed so flippantly and so frequently that we expect to hear something like that, or we don't even take notice. Like when somebody says yeah. something realistic, like a three-pound uh, additional fat loss over a 20-week period of intake. Yeah. That's realistic. You might want to actually believe something like that. Yeah, nobody wants to hear that. But nobody wants to hear it, right? They want to hear 5,000% better, you know, overnight. Uh, it's like just like with the lifting programs. Very similar. 24-inch guns in 24 days or something. Yeah, you and know. you see it all the time. Two pu- add slabs of meat and two inches on your guns yeah. by next oh. Saturday. I mean, literally, it's like... You know, I, I don't know if you guys know, and I, I, I'm, I'm thinking this is actually true, but I heard that Arnold Schwarzenegger is now... has a line of supplements coming out. Yeah, he does. He does. Uh, and there was this whole thing that I saw saying, you know, in, in you know, in all the years, you know, Schwarzenegger has never attached his name to a supplement before now, kind of intimating that, which, first of all, is totally horse crap, because, I mean, there's so many at weeder ads with supplements way back in the day featuring Arnold. It's ridiculous, but... Sure. I mean, you know, every year I think the bottom is going to fall out on this whole thing. And it never seems to. It just, you know, like these GNC stores, you know, etc. are always crammed with just heaping amounts of fart powder. But, you know, having and said that, seems- I, do, I do believe there have been advances made in nutrition. I think it's one of the reasons we have we do have more longevity. We do see better results. I mean... Natural bodybuilders do look better, arguably, than they did in the 80s, you know. Um, There's stuff like whey protein and leucine and creatine and, you know, some of the pre-workout stimulant kinds of things probably have effects. Um, And I think listeners know that we tend to stick to sort of the basics, you know, the omega-3s and that sort of thing. But Um, how much of this stuff do we need? And how many of these companies that are starting out are actually the ones that are, you know, producing the data that's leading to these advancements that you're talking about? Well, and like, the magnitude, like we said, you've got to look for things that are probably a 5, 10, maybe 15% magnitude. Then you're probably going to take it more seriously, you know, because it's physiologically possible. Uh, for my master's project, one of my master's degrees, I, I looked at the... Um, the percent, you know, magnitude difference of anabolic difference potential of creatine versus just calories in eating. And there was no contest, you know. Um, and that's, again, one of the reasons we're always going on about stuff that seems so basic, like eat a lot, lift heavy things, you know, because it's not just stick in the mud, it's real. The magnitude of change is actually larger, you know, than any one of these, these things. I do want to touch on one thing, though. So what do you do if you are scammed? If you buy something and it has some kind of toxic effect on you, side effects, whatever, there are a few things you can do. It's a bit of a reach, but let's make this useful as possible to everybody. One is the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, they do have um, a complaint web page. So Google it and at least know you know that you, you have added your name to the list that whatever you bought – either completely was ineffective or was actually causing some kind of adverse event. You can at least get that off your chest to the FDA. There's the Better Business Bureau. You could contact them. Again, if people don't speak out, usually these groups, especially the FDA, in my understanding, they don't act until they get hundreds or thousands of adverse events or claims that they can go 
pursue these companies with. And they are often pursuing companies. Unfortunately, I think they pursue sometimes some of the companies that they should probably leave alone a little bit more and focus on the, the real hucksters. But, but there's a Better Business Bureau, the FDA, the FTC. Um, the FTC, I know, has acted against some big companies like Metrics in the past during the whole pro-hormone era and that sort of thing. And even the U.S. Postal Service will take great offense to uh, mail fraud. So I would at least contact those places. You could do this sort of stuff online, you know, offer your complaint or certainly your adverse event. Uh, Having said that, though, a lot of supplements get a bum rap when they shouldn't. All supplements get trashed. Uh, You know, people think creatine is a steroid, which is just absurd. You know, it's just a nutrient um, and that kind of thing. so anyway, there, you know, there's two sides of this. You have to be objective and rational. And like Rob's saying, people aren't so rational with these comments, these bandwagons that they jump on, you know, these witch hunts and whatnot. Uh, and you just have to develop, I think, the maturity to say, that ad is bogus. This one looks like it might be real. I'm going to check with somebody, you know, get on the Office of Dietary Supplements. Uh, they have a legitimate website. You know, it's, that's it's definitely the fact that old, you know, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. No. Yeah, that's a pretty good rule of thumb. Yeah. And yet, like you said, um, every year at the Arnold Classic, there are throngs of the new batch of gullible, credulous consumers that they want to believe it. You know, and uh, the power of belief is very strong. I mean, there's a the placebo effect is very real. But you know, yeah. why is it then? Why does it always seem to be that, that the proliferation of this bullshit information is always at the hands of people who? are the last people that should be offering any sort of commentary on anything. Like, I mean, we're talking about on the, online. Like, the commentary on YouTube comments and all the stuff is just, it's just rife with got people making comments and, 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 you know, again, propagating information that is just so wrong and so... Well, I, I hate to say it, but even bodybuilding.com, there's a lot of forums where people, they speak with authority when they have no flipping clue. You yeah, know, well, and this is what I'm saying. It just seems like it's, I mean, maybe it's not, maybe it was always this bad. It was just people didn't know because they weren't exposed to these types of not this nonsense because of the internet. But I don't know. It just seems that more and more people who have no clue about something always want to pipe up and say stuff that's just not right. It's not oh. even it's not even subjective. It's not even opinion. It's just they're saying stuff that is just wrong. You know, well, and you're just, you know, Rob. Even on like LinkedIn, I was just looking around. All these people who are quote unquote nutritionists. Uh, the truth is, the, the people that make the most radical claims are usually not legitimate people because legitimate people yes. spent a lot of time and money to earn their experience, their reputation, their education, and they're not going to throw that away. Yeah. So when you see something asinine and you know that seems too good to be true, like Bill was saying, of course it is because if this person you know was legitimate, they wouldn't be doing that. Now, having said that, I know some smart people with their doctorates that are willing to you know appear in court and say what they need to say to defend their employer. Um, yeah. You know, sort of bought just because you have an MD or a PhD, it doesn't automatically mean that you know you're legitimate yeah you have to have credentials hopefully have nothing to sell but just because you have something to sell doesn't automatically make you bad but um i've heard judges say even to phds you know what you're saying is not technically wrong mathematically but it's very misleading shame on you you know yeah Yeah, like a lot of times the people with the loudest voices are the ones that shouldn't have them and that's why they do now in the internet age it, it gives them a forum to be somebody. Did you guys... Uh, it has nothing to lose. Completely changing topics <laughs> here. Um, the Mr. Olympia competition is fast approaching. Mm-hmm. And um, for some of you who might be out of the loop, I think it was four-time Mr. Olympia, I think it was four-time Mr. Olympia, Jay Cutler, is making his comeback this year. And I, I can't see this going well. Uh I, I've actually seen some hoopla about that. I don't even run in those circles and read those magazines so much anymore. But even yeah. I heard about the comeback of Jay Cutler. And somebody was sh- pointing, uh, posted something years ago, um, a spread that was done. I guess it was in Flex magazine. Um, 
where he was quoted as saying, you know, I, I'm, you know, I'll be out of bodybuilding by the time I'm, you know, I think 35 or 32 or something like that, you know, and basically saying if I if I'm not, I'm a loser. <laughs> oh boy! And now he's like 40 or 40 something. I don't know. But, you know, there, there's so much video of him being posted about his kind of, you know, run up, up to the Olympia. And somebody the other day posted a, a video of him, I guess it was before one of the Olympias in the late 90s, and when he was still young and up and coming. And, you know, it, it, it's kind of, when you, when you see how he was and how he now looks, you can kind of see it just falling apart. You know, and I don't know. It, Is there... The, Plumboism going on? Is he losing arm mass and gaining gut mass? Well, thickness or? there's 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 things going on there, yeah, for sure. Because he is a really wide guy, but um, and that was offset a lot by kind of the, the you know the the X frame that he was able to present with his legs and that. But he's you know he's had so much atrophy in his legs and one of his legs specifically in his arm. He you know he had that biceps injury a few years ago that you know is kind of dubious at best. And now they're they're kind of very strange looking. And people always make fun that there's so much oil in them. Who knows? But I mean, the guy was never a vascular guy to begin with. But now he's he he just really doesn't look very good. <clears throat> you know, and and when you consider how small he kind of got in in relative terms in the last year or two, and that then he's now blown up again. Um, you know, it just reeks of that whole thing where his his heart's not in it anymore, and 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 I don't think his body can respond the way it wants he wants it to anyway. So. I think it takes a, a, a level of intelligence and a whopping dose of um, courage to step away when you're on top. I mean, Lee Labrada was able to do that. I don't know of a lot of people who can gracefully step away when they're more or less still on top. You know, yeah. it's but hard. I mean, it takes strength of character, I think. But, you know, even the lineup at the, at the old Mr. Olympia, it's it's kind of really uninspiring <laughs> these days. And I, I, I don't know. Again, I've said on the show before, like in my new, uh, my new uh, city here, Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, there are so many guys at my gym. And, it's, and as I've said before, it's not a very... Um, you know, strictly hardcore gym, and there are so many—I won't even say guys. There's so many people at this gym that are using, clearly using that it it, it goes. And I'm only bringing this up because it's like on one side, I think the sport of bodybuilding is kind of uh, is hurting in a in a lot of ways. I mean, certainly the Miss Olympia kind of vanishing from sight and all these types of things. And now, of course, they're breaking up the sport now into things where there's the bodybuilding league and the physique league. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, call me old school, but, you know, in my day, both of those things were one and the same. Um, you know, so and on one side, you're seeing that, but on the other side, again, from at least my neck of woods, you're, I'm seeing so much use that it's almost become, you know, just almost like just something that most people just expect people to do to look better. Isn't you know, it like, funny over the years there's been periods of surge and drought. Like when you go to bodybuilding events you can see the crowd. They're all huge and you know you're on a couple years where there's just this surge of, of recreational use. Um, most of those guys never planning to compete at all. And then there yeah. are other years there's been down periods where the, the, the feds really kind of move in and start to just bust everybody and then everybody's small, and even the number of competitors in the show goes way down. It's just, it's kind of interesting, and I think we're on a swell. I don't think that's just regional with you right now. I think that's in general, and I think, unfortunately, you get this presentation from shows like, you know, Jersey Whores or whatever it's called, and you, you see these kinds <laughs> of, horse. I don't, whatever, and you get that kind of nonsense Jersey, Jersey Shore. Okay. <laughs> Jersey <laughs> Whores. <laughs> so. I'm, sorry, that, that, I'm sorry that's just the funniest thing but, I've heard a long time but you know what I mean and then everybody starts doing that just to go clubbing and you know and that kind of thing and I think one of the things in the 80s probably was that a lot of what bodybuilders knew you know they had a, they were sort of onto a secret and maybe the power lifters as well but they knew something that hadn't seeped into the consciousness of the general public very much. You know, people didn't look at people like Arnold or Frank Zane 
and automatically say steroids. Um, maybe they they did some, but not to the extent that they do now. You know, I mean, a lot of those guys, they made a fortune, or at least a living, maybe not a fortune, training people that wanted to look like them because the average person didn't get it. You know, that you, you look like that because you're manipulating hormones and, and you know, this and that. And, um, and now you... I don't think you can get away with that. I think the general public is so, um, even though they're miseducated, they're so sensitive to that. I don't think you could be a huge guy and be somebody's trainer and they're automatically going to think that you look like that because of your knowledge base. Well, you know? yeah, and, and I've I've said this before. You guys will probably remember I've said this several times in earlier episodes of the of the show. But the the internet has really let the cat out of the, out of the bag. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. it's it's been so good and so bad at the same time for this. And and when I say strictly speaking for you know hardcore kind of you know bodybuilding type scenarios and, and muscle and strength building and all this kind of thing, the internet really has been it's a blessing and a curse. The curse is that, like you say, it, it's it's any sort of positive mystique that that used to be, like you're saying, Lonnie, in the industry. Uh, you know, within the, when you see a big muscular guy on the street and nobody knew, you know, it was it was something. Now, guy, like you say, Lonnie, now guys are like young guys are laughing at, at the physique, physique of a guy like Frank Zane. You know, and every gym the world over has got two or three guys that. You know, arguably, could you know, um, twenty five years ago, could have exactly you know, yes. gone. It's it, it, it just blows my mind, and and it's just become almost like if you do go to the gym and you don't, you, it, people like even where I work, people talk. You know, it's 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 an environment where where physical fitness is kind of you know championed a lot, and you know I hear guys that have no idea. Because I know these people, they have no idea what they're really talking about, and they're bantering back and forth like, "Oh, today's my you know back and biceps day," and these are people who have I know they have no I they have no framework to even utter those words without a guy like me laughing at them like I don't know. Yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. There was almost a secret brotherhood kind of thing going on in the 80s and even the 90s to some extent that's where things started falling apart I think and like you said the internet and everything else and uh, and you, you at the same time you can't say you know hormone use um, is alone you know making people into champions that's ridiculous but it does provide like you said in, in almost any gym you walk into there's a there's a a certain percentage of people who are um, clearly using, you know, and that was so much more rare in the past. Um, and, you know, that's why they were, Weeder magazines were able to create almost this pantheon of professional bodybuilders. Plus, there seemed to be more personalities then. I don't know. Uh, you know, more variety. It, it wasn't quite as cookie cutter and that sort of thing. But Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, we'll we'll see how Jay Cutler does. Uh, I don't know. And, and like I say, I'm not I'm not uh, you know throwing negativity his way because you know whatever. I mean, you know, I hope he does well. You know what I mean? Like I I don't have anything personally against the guy, so um, it's just going to be interesting to see kind of how it all washes and how he's going to look on stage. So there's always a fine line between comeback and can't let go. Yeah, know? yeah, and you know it's one of those. Things where if it if it's his last hurrah and he's doing it kind of for himself, then you know what? All the more power to him. But if he's doing it because he thinks he's going to reclaim past glories and blow you know turn the bodybuilding world upside down, I think he's a, a genuine fool. Um, that's just going to embarrass himself. I mean, how many years did Samir Banu? You know, I was you know. just going to say yeah. that, Rob. <laughs> I know. <laughs> You know, the lion will roar again. I That's mean, right. Oh, yep. Yeah. I mean, years exactly. that nonsense gets spouted by the guy. I mean, and every year his placing just got worse. You know, and it's just one of those things where, you know, whether you're not a you're you, whether or not you are or were a big fan of Jay Cutler as Mr. Olympia, I never were particularly was. Um, you know, at some point you just got to kind of be like, come on, dude. Like, you know, well, like and a lot of this is years spent on heavy gas because just age alone i mean chris dickerson looked fantastic won the mr olympia uh, like, at age 43 i think or 42 yeah 
Um, you know, but it's it's like we're saying there's that <clears throat> there's that period of change. You see it in women, obviously. I've seen women, some women, really sort of destroy their original look, but guys too. You know, and you just get less bang for the buck. I don't know. It's just not the same. Yeah, and like like you're saying, I mean, there's there's, there's something to the fact of okay, the guy may be forty, and you say oh, he's forty, he's not. But but you know, the, it's not that specific age alone that kind of is the thing in bodybuilding. It's 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 like you're saying, Lonnie. I mean, guys like that we're speaking of. I mean, they be, we've been using stuff since they were like sixteen, seventeen years old, and not small amounts. And not and not even cycling really, but just on and stay on heavy all the time. Yeah, and when you're throwing in, I mean, and we've talked about this before, and this is we could, we could talk about this forever. So I'll just give. I mean, there's something to the whole insulin GH thing and the amounts that's being used that is leading to this whole, you know, again, I hate to use a phrase, but this palumboism that we're seeing more. And I hate more. to say that too, but I know what you mean. The something slow is structural, like the connective tissues, the the underlying bone structure. It's a very slow, insidious change, and it's not for the better. No, no, you're, yeah. it's it's you're getting more trunk, like kind of just distended middle trunk mass and distension, and you know triceps t- completely disappearing, which is the freakiest thing I've ever seen. It's, and I've even coined it in the past, saying you know the, the, the disappearing tricep syndrome. I mean. <laughs> I, I use that all the time now. Honestly, Rob, some of this could be valuable information. You know, you make these sorts of observations in athletes, and who's to say that they don't discover one day down the road that, uh, I don't know, the triceps muscle, you know, the androgen receptors are changed, you know, they go away, or <laughs> I don't even know what I'm saying, but you know what I mean? It's, an, it's that raw observation that could lead to uh, science in the future that could even help somebody somehow. You know, they different might muscles. Use you honorary MD too, Rob, like they did Lonnie. Well, <laughs> you know, I, I think I, I, th- I think I'd like somebody to attribute an MD to my. I think I, I deserve it at this point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Doctor of Metal, Robert. <laughs> <Ford>. <laughs> well, that's actually pretty legitimate. There you go. But anyway, all right, all right. Well, we are rambling now, so um, thanks everybody for tolerating it. We will. <laughs> when, next do we not, when do we not ramble? <laughs> that's true. It's true. I, I, Lonnie has to go and put that mud pack on his face. All right. <laughs> and, and, and some cut cucumbers on his eyes to keep his youthful vis- visage going. So I can live to be 120 and stay purdy. Uh, <laughs> all right, <laughs> all right guys. guys. Everybody, thanks a lot. Later. Iron Radio is accepting donations. If you like what we do, the professors, the scientists, the bodybuilding show promoters, the athletes themselves in powerlifting and bodybuilding, um, please consider making a donation or maybe buying something from the ironradio.org store. Uh, We also are accepting supporting members. So for $4 a month, which is frankly less than the bank sneaks out of your account in fees, you can step up and support a form of sort of public radio for the bodybuilding and powerlifting and strength community. Hey, IronRadio.org listeners. This is Lonnie Lowry, and I'm just bringing you a sneak peek only for Iron Radio listeners at this point. If you Google CRC Press, Lowry, L-O-W-E-R-Y, and Protein, you can be some of the first people on the planet to see this book. It's specifically for strength athletes, Everything on the safety of high-protein diets, the efficacy, the dosing, the types, practical applications, and case studies. This is a textbook. It's not what I would call an industry book. This is not pseudoscience. This is the -the state-of-the-art science. And if someone wants to critique you on your extra protein intake, this will be something you can hold up and say, this is what the literature says about stressed kidneys or bone loss or gout or dehydration or increased muscle mass over time or leanness or what types are best. This is the ultimate source in one place. Little disclosure here. I do make a single digit percentage of royalties on this book. It's such a low amount. However, obviously I haven't done it for that purpose. I did it because like you, I want to have something I can hold up in one place. That's modern literature instead of what perhaps a health educator might tell you about the benefits and the potential concerns, if there are any on Ample protein diets specific 
to a population like ours. Thank you. The Iron Radio Podcast and all of the audio on ironradio.org is for informational purposes only. If you're interested in starting a diet or exercise program, it's important to check with your physician. Also seek the help of registered dietitians, athletic trainers, and qualified exercise physiologists in order to make the progress that you need.